Hi and welcome to Sleep Cove, the podcast and YouTube channel to get a great night's sleep. I hope everyone enjoyed the last sleep hypnosis episode and if it did help you, listening to this session repeatedly will hopefully instill the positive suggestions and positive thinking into your subconscious so you think a lot more positively about the future. With this story episode, I'll do something slightly different. I will do a very short relaxation technique at the beginning to get you in the mood to listen to the rest of the story, which will hopefully relax you and put you gently to sleep. Please let me know what you think. If you prefer these techniques or you prefer the techniques where it just launches into the story without them. I would love to know. And let's begin. Please get comfortable in your bed and the place where you are going to safely go to sleep. You're going to be sure that you're going to listen to this in that safe place where you can sleep and get comfortably as you can in your bed and stretch and relax and get into that position you want to sleep in remember it's often best to unfold the arms and uncross the legs as this can cause more dysfunction and discomfort as you go to sleep. So now begin to take deep breaths in and out and relax and stretch. As this is the place for you now to relax and get into the mindset for sleeping. to do now is to get into a receptive mood to relax and hear the story which is coming up you want to be in a place of wonder and excitement where we go to an ancient time and listen to the adventures and stories of the old Norse gods. So take a deep breath in and out and as you take a deep breath in you feel your stomach gently rise and as you take a deep breath out Your stomach gently goes in and you take three deep breaths like this in and out in and out and you breathe in all the tension you've got manifesting in your body 
and as you breathe out it lets go, and you relax your mind and body, and thoughts and it feels so good, and we want to make sure that that inhale is shorter than the exhale, because you don't want to over breathe by bringing in too much oxygen, because when we over breathe we get naturally more anxious, so we want our breathing to slow down and the exhale to be longer, and that actually stabilises the CO2 and oxygen in our blood levels and brings a natural relaxation to our body, we want to breathe slowly in and out, we don't want to over breathe, and maybe take this into your everyday life, whenever you're feeling stressed, make sure you're breathing through your nose and not your mouth, slow your breathing down, and it will make you feel calmer and better, and as we can relax in our everyday lives, we'll be relaxing now, and your muscles are beginning to feel loose and warm, as you drift down into sleep, it feels so good, We're going to be going off to that magic place soon, where you'll listen to my voice tell stories, and you can drift off at any point you want to. There's many myths, and many stories, about the old Norse gods, you may have heard them before, or they may be new to you but you know you will enjoy it, and relax as calmly and as deeply as you need to, that's right, you're still breathing in and out, slowly and deeply, and feeling the muscles relax from the top of your head, down to the tips of your toes, it feels so good as you get comfortable, and now, let us begin with the story, The All-Father's Forebodings, How He Leaves Asgard. Two ravens had Odin All-Father, Hugin and Munin were their names, they flew through all the worlds every day, and coming back to Asgard, they would light on Odin's shoulders, and tell him of all the things they had seen and heard, and once a day passed without the ravens coming back, then Odin standing on the watchtower, Hiddelskalf said to himself, 
I fear me for Hugin, lest he come not back, but I watch more for Munin. A day passed and the ravens flew back, they sat one on each of his shoulders, then did the old father go into the council hall that was beside Glacier, the wood that had leaves of gold, and to hearken to what Hugin and Munin had to tell him. They told him only of shadows and forebodings. Odin Allfather did not speak to the dwellers in Asgard of the things they told him, but Frigga his queen saw in his eyes the shadows and forebodings of things to come, and when he spoke to her about these things she said, do not strive against what must take place, let us go to the holy norns who sit by Erda's well and see if the shadows and the forebodings will remain when you have looked into their eyes. And so it came that Odin and the gods left Asgard and came to Erda's well, where under the great root of Yggdrasil, the three Norns sat, and the two fair swans below them. Odin went, and Tyre the great swordsman, and Baldur, the most beautiful and the most beloved of the gods, and Thor with his hammer. A rainbow bridge went from Asgard, and the city of the gods to Midgard, the world of men but another rainbow bridge more beautiful and more tremulous still went from Asgard to the root of Yedrasil under which was Erda's well. This rainbow bridge was seldom seen by men and where the ends of the two rainbows come together Heimdall stood. Heimdall with the golden teeth, the watcher for the gods and the keeper of the way to Erda's well. Open the gate, Heimdall, said the old father. Open the gate, for today the gods would visit the holy norns. Without a word, Heimdall opened wide the gate, that led to the bridge more coloured and more tremulous than any rainbow seen from earth. Then did Odin and Tyre and Baldur step out on the bridge, Thor followed, but before his foot was placed on the bridge, Heimdall laid his hand upon him. The others may go, but you may not go that way, Thor, said Heimdall. What, would you, Heimdall, hold me back, said Thor? Yes, for I am the keeper to the Norn, said Heimdall, you the mighty hammer, you carry are too weighty for this. The bridge I guard would break under you, Thor with the hammer. Nevertheless, I will go visit the Norns with Odin and my comrades, said Thor. But not this way, Thor, said Heimdall. I will not let the bridge be broken under the weight of you and your hammer. Leave your hammer here with me, if you would go this way. No, no, said Thor, 
I would not leave in anyone's charge the hammer that defends Asgard, and I will not be turned back from going with Odin and my comrades. There is another way to it as well, said Heimdall. Behold, these two great crowd rivers, Cormont and Ermont, canst thou wade through them? They are cold and suffocating, but they will bring thee to Erd as well, where sit the three holy norns. Thor looked out onto the two great rolling rivers of cloud. It was a bad way for one to go, cold and suffocating, yet, if you went that way, that way he could keep on his shoulder the hammer which you would not leave in another's charge. He swept out into the cloud river that flowed by the rainbow bridge, and with his hammer upon his shoulder, he went struggling unto the other river. Odin, Tyre and Belder were beside it as well, when Thor came struggling out of the cloud river, wet and choking, but with his hammer still upon his shoulder. There stood Tyr, upright and handsome, leaning on his sword that was inscribed all over with magic runes. There stood Baldur, smiling with his head bent as he listened to the murmur of the two fair swans. And there stood Odin Allfather, clad in his blue cloak fringed with golden stars without the eagle helmet upon his head, and with no spear in his hands. The three Norns, Erda, Verdani, and Skaldar, sat beside the well that was in the hollow of the great root of Yggdrasil. Erda was ancient, and with white hair, and Verdani was beautiful, while Skaldar could hardly be seen for she sat far back, and her hair fell over her face and eyes. Erda, Vidani, and Skaldar, they knew the whole of the past, the whole of the present, and the whole of the future. Odin, looking on them, saw into the eyes of Skaldar even. Long, long he stood looking at the norms with the eyes of a god, while the others listened to the murmur of the swans and the falling of the leaves of Yggdrasil into Erda's well. Looking into their eyes, Odin saw the shadows and forebodings that Hugin and Munin told to him that were to take shape and substance. And now others came across the rainbow bridge. They were Frigga and Sif and Nana the wives of Odin, Thor, and Baldur. Frigga looked upon the Norns. As she did, she turned a glance of love and sadness upon Baldur, her son, and then she drew back and placed her hand upon Nana's head. Odin turned from gazing on the Norns and looked upon Frigga, his queenly wife. I would leave Asgard for a while, wife of Odin, he said. Yes, said Frigga, much has to be done in Midgard, 
the world of men. I would change what knowledge I have into wisdom, said Odin, so that the things that are to happen will be changed into the best that may be. You would go to Murmur's well, said Frigga. I would go to Murmur's well, said Odin. My husband, go, said Frigga. Then they went back over Rainbow Bridge, that is more beautiful and more tremulous than the one that they had seen from the earth. They went back over the Rainbow Bridge, the Azur and the Asnir, Odin and Frigga and Baldur and Nana, Tyr with his sword and Sif beside Tyr. As for Thor, he went struggling through the cloud rivers, Cormunt and Ermunt, his hammer Molnir upon his shoulder. Little Hanessa, the youngest of the dwellers in Asgard, was there, standing beside Heimdall, the watcher for the gods and the keeper of the bridge stirred as well. When Odin Allfather and Frigga his queen went through the great gate with heads bent, Tomorrow, Hanessa heard Odin say, Tomorrow I shall be Vegtam the Wanderer upon the ways of Midgard and Jotunheim. Part 2 Odin the Wanderer Odin goes to Murmur's well, his sacrifice for wisdom. And so Odin no longer riding on Sleipnir, his eight-legged steed, no longer wearing his golden armour and eagle helmet, and without even his spear in his hands, travelled through Midgard the world of men, and made his way towards Jotunheim, the realm of the giants. No longer was he called Odin, or father, but Vegtam the Wanderer. He wore a cloak of dark blue, and he carried a traveller's staff in his hands. And now he went towards Mimmer's well, which was near to Jotunheim. He came upon a giant, riding on a great stag. Odin seemed a man to men, and a giant to giants. He went beside the giant on the great stag, and the two talked together. Who art thou, O brother? Odin asked the giant. I am Fathredner, the wisest of the giants, said the one who was riding on the stag. Odin knew him then. Fathredner was indeed the wisest of the giants, and many went to strive to gain wisdom from him. But those who went to him had to answer the riddles, Falfredner asked, and if they failed to answer the giant, he took their heads off. I am Vegtam the Wanderer, Odin said, and I know who thou art, O Falfredner, I would strive to learn something from thee. The giant laughed, showing his teeth. Ho, ho, he said, I am ready for a game with thee. Dost thou know the stakes? My head to thee, if I cannot answer any question thou wilt ask. And if thou canst not answer any question 
and I may ask, then thy head goes to me, ho ho ho, and now let us begin. I am ready, Odin said, then tell me, said Thafrodna, tell me the name of the river that divides Asgard with Jotunheim. Ifling is the name of the river, said Odin. Ifling, that is dead cold, yet never frozen. Thou hast answered rightly, O wanderer, said the giant, but thou hast still to answer other questions. What are the names of the horses that day and night drive across the sky? Skinfax and Hrimfax, Odin answered, but Arthrudder was startled to hear one say the names that were known only to the gods and to the wisest of the giants. There was only one question now that he might ask before it came to the stranger's turn to ask him questions. Tell me, said Valthredner, what is the name of the plain on which the last battle will be fought? The plain of Vigard, said Odin, the plain that is a hundred miles long and a hundred miles across. It was now Odin's turn to ask Valthredner questions. What will be the last words that Odin will whisper into the ear of Baldur, his dead son, he asked. Very startled was the giant Valthrunder at that question. He sprang to the ground and looked at the stranger keenly. The giant laughed, showing his teeth. Ho, ho, he said, I am ready for a game with thee. Dost thou know the stakes? My head to thee, if I cannot answer any question thou wilt ask. And if thou canst not answer any question that I may ask, then thy head goes to me, ho ho ho, and now let us begin. I am ready, Odin said. Then tell me, said Thafrodna, tell me the name of the river that divides Asgard with Jotunheim. Ifling is the name of the river, said Odin. Ifling, that is dead cold, yet never frozen. Thou hast answered rightly, O wanderer, said the giant, but thou hast still to answer other questions. What are the names of the horses that day and night drive across the sky? Skinfax and Hrimfax, Odin answered, but Arthrudder was startled to hear one say the names that were known only to the gods and to the wisest of the giants. There was only one question now that he might ask before it came to the stranger's turn to ask him questions. Tell me, said Valthredner, what is the name of the plain on which the last battle will be fought? The plain of Vigard, said Odin, the plain that is a hundred miles long and a hundred miles across. It was now Odin's turn to ask Valthredner questions. What will be the last words that Odin will whisper into the ear of Baldur, his dead son, he asked. 
Very startled was the giant Valthrunder at that question. He sprang to the ground and looked at the stranger keenly. Only Odin knows what his last words to Balder will be, he said. And only Odin would have asked that question. Thou art Odin, O wanderer, and thy question I cannot answer. Then said Odin, If thou wast keep thy head, answer me this. What price will Mimur ask for a draught from the well of wisdom that he guards? He will ask thy right eye as a price, O Odin, said Valfrodner. Will he ask no less a price than that, said Odin? He will ask no less a price. Many have come to him for a draught from the well of wisdom, but no one yet has given the price Murmur asks. I have answered thy question, O Odin. Now give up my claim to my head and let me go on my way. I give up my claim to thy head, said Odin. Then Valfrodner, the wisest of the giants, went on his way, riding on his great stag. It was a terrible price that Mimir would ask for a draught from the Well of Wisdom, and very troubled was Odin or father when it was revealed to him, his right eye, for all time to be without the sight of his right eye. Almost he would have turned back to Asgard, giving up his quest for wisdom. He went on, turning neither to Asgard nor to Murmur's well, and when he went towards the south, he saw Muspelheim, where stood Surtur with the flaming sword, a terrible figure who had one day joined the giants in the war against the gods. And when he turned north, he heard the roaring of the cauldron, Halfgummer, as it poured itself out of Nifheim, the place of darkness and dread. And Odin knew that the world must not be left between Surtur and who would destroy it with fire, and Nifheim that would gather it back to darkness and nothingness. He the eldest of the gods would have to win the wisdom that would help to save the world. And so, with his face stern, in front of his loss and pain, Odin Allfather turned and went towards Murmur's well. It was under the great root of Yedrassel, the root that grew out of Jotunheim. And there sat Mimir, the guardian of the well of wisdom with his deep eyes bent upon the deep water. A Mimur who had drunk every day from the Well of Wisdom, knew who it was that stood before him. Hail Odin, eldest of the gods, he said. Then Odin made reverence to Mimur, the wisest of the world's beings. I would drink from your well, Mimur, he said. There is a price to be paid. All who have come here to drink have drunk from paying that price. Will you, eldest of the gods, pay it? I will not shrink from the price that has to be paid, Mimur, said Odin Allfather. Then drink, 
said Mimir. He filled up a great horn with water from the well and gave it to Odin. Odin took the horn in both his hands and drank and drank, and as he drank all the future became clear to him. He saw all the sorrows and troubles that will fall upon men and gods, but he saw too why the sorrows and troubles had to fall, and he saw how they might be born, so that gods and men, by being noble in the days of sorrow and trouble, would leave in the world a force that one day, a day that was far off indeed, would destroy the evil that brought terror and sorrow and despair into the world. Then, when he had drunk out of the great horn that Mamur had given him, he put his hand to his face and he plucked out his right eye. Terrible was the pain that Odin Allfather endured, that he made no groan nor moan. He bowed his head and put his cloak before his face, as Mamur took the eye and let it sink deep deep into the water of the well of wisdom, and there the eye of Odin stayed, shining up through the water, a sign to all who came to that place of the price that the father of the gods had paid for his wisdom. <laughs>